I'm sorry, but WandaVision is not enough for me to keep my Disney Plus subscription. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because of nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Netflix's Bridgenton. This is episode two, Shock and Delight, written by Janet Lynn, directed by Tom Verica. I love that man. And I gave this episode an 8.2 out of 10. I like the colorfulness of the world and how it's portrayed. However, it does have this certain gloat aspect to it that for someone who's a history nut like me, kind of almost has that in the back of my mind, although it does not ruin any of the experience or dampens anything it's just something i curiously wonder about and i'm almost having two stories go on in the same time because i'm like why are they wearing pink they should be wearing black because the fucking smog man the smog was real (laughs) let's start with a recap i love the added touch that the entire Dutchie is black, black characters, and their servants are predominantly white characters. Just imagine, just imagine, just imagine if Africa was more successful and we didn't have the slave trade that made so much money. For white folks to oppress the black nation. The Duke is clearly caring more about getting the male heir than his wife's labor pains. Hey, this is rather sad because even as her body is being split open in a time in which an epidural was simply not a thing, this woman has to want to succeed and give the male child to the father because that is her the the thing in which gives her any type of significance or considered successful as a wife and it's very much why i feel that women became very invested in their daughters and making sure they were successful as well it's just this continuous stockholm syndrome cycle in history that still is being enacted in certain cultures and societies in this country and abroad lady danbury is by sarah's side when she dies due to hemorrhaging while the men outside celebrate and you gotta think man men weren't really this cold to their wives and then you see the contraptions in which they can put things over their wives heads and get them not to speak they beat their wives very often and nothing could be done about it many were alcoholics yeah this is exactly this callous action would probably very realistically go on and then we are in the present where we meet lord bassett himself all in the flesh i'm sexy and i know it Sexy and I know it. 
That man is seriously fine. I saw the meme going around of everybody watching his tongue licking a spoon. I was like, y'all so nasty, but I'm mad I missed it. <laughs> the first episode, I went back and watched and rewound. I was like, where the fuck is this scene at? Did I not get, catch this? Queen Caroline is all about them scandal sheets as she takes her bath as her chosen diamond of the first water seems to have snagged herself the uncatchable duke daphne and lord bassett meanwhile are scheming she is wanting to make this very clear how many balls what kind of things they're gonna do where to send the flowers because she needs to catch more men in her debt so that lord burbank whatever burbank i couldn't even catch his name lord little bitch would not be following through with the marriage proposal or agreement that her brother has concocted and she says if you was buying me flowers and we was really courting you would like take out the whole entire shop and he tells her if i was really courting i wouldn't need flowers i would just need five minutes alone in a drawing room this the thing about this type of dialogue were men back then this damn fly i don't think they were this damn fly especially if they didn't have to seemingly work very hard for it however this kind of talk is sploosh material and i am here for it and her whole entire continent stuttered she was like um excuse me miss thompson is being sent away we hear due to the fact that she is with child and everyone knows with penelope more concerned and bringing in the book smart eloise to discuss how in the world does one become with child the plan seems to be going well between daphne and what is his name lord bassett <laughs> all i can see is his chiseled muscled face and the way in which he gets off a horse every time but she is getting many suitors that she wanted so that she can actually get more guys to be interested because anthony is an overbearing prick and when he shows up with burbank or lord little bitch and company he kicks everyone out including the man he tells his sister she is promised to marry and she says i don't want to marry him and he tells her you will do as you're told oh hi thanks for checking in i'm still a piece of garbage the mom is like it's fine all we have to do is show that the duke is serious with his declarations and then barback little bitch i should just keep calling him little bitch he will go away but she knows that their little charade is just that anthony and hastings they tussle in the ring but this is mostly eye candy for us females but not for anthony because he didn't take nothing out and i don't even think i wanted to see anything from him because he is a douchebag in my opinion and he's like look i understand that we're friends and everything but she's my sister and you're not serious so can you just back off and he's like i'm telling you right now that that dude is not a good dude and he don't tell him why he's not a good dude and later on they decide they are going to reveal that and i kind of was like ugh, 
men. Flashback, the elder duke was a complete piece of shit as Henry did not speak at a young age, probably because he was terrified of the monster in which his seed was running through his veins. And he had a stutter, poor little boy, and is immediately disowned as a halfwit. Penelope in the present, bless her little heart, brings sweets to Marina and she asked how she got knocked up women weren't allowed to know how they got pregnant despite it happening to their bodies that's quite a shock to learn on your wedding night what exactly is going to happen between you and your husband <laughs> you were too delicate to to know these things and then you even had the brothers kind of being like, um, I kind of will tell her what it is because Eloise wanted to know. And I thought that was kind of funny when she was like, how do you make babies? I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, why? That's so stupid. What do you mean? But I felt as if it was a certain part of society that did this. But I think as time went on, if you wanted to be successful, then you had to follow these type of rule set. But I know back in the fucking country on the farms, they wasn't being like, oh my God, this is how babies are born. They knew that shit because mom and dad was fucking like two feet away constantly. They was there assisting in the childbirth <laughs> when they was like 10 years old. Over cakes, um, Marina tells Penelope how she got knocked up that she was in church and the sermons were four to five hours long oh, hell no. and then one of the eldest crane boys snuck her some biscuits and then some notes and then they fell in love and her condition was made and she reveals that she is still exchanging letters with him because he is off in spain with wellington this feels like a tragic ending and I'm already sad about the whole entire situation especially as we see at the end she's practically a prisoner in the home. I was also very wrong about the father aspect being the husband and now he's back to just being a creeper. Queen Charlotte wants to be entertained. The royal physician Brimsley can fuck off unless her husband is dead as a ventriloquist doesn't impress she is now sending invites out to the Bridgingtons Violet is the mom's name I think putting more pressure on the fake courtship and mom is over the moon especially getting queen uh, getting tea with the queen flashback once again we see and i love the scenes my favorite scene of the episode of lady danbury coming to find the young boy who is smart as well as educated however he is isolated due to his stammer and she gives him a great speech about how she used to be afraid but she realized that she needed to become ferocious she needed to become lightning when she struck into a room and that she will teach him and help him with his stutter but he has to promise that once he steps into the light he will be worthy of it i thought it was a really great foundational background for the character i think they're doing strong work between the familial side of things 
They then have a ball and some conversation. And I will say little bitch was rather easily dismissed once Lord Bassett reveals to Anthony that he basically dishonored himself with her with his sister and i feel as if if she had told him because he was like why wouldn't she tell me that and it was just a reason to show their machoism lord danbury approves the match later on lord little bitch can't stop talking and finds lord bassett continuing his plea for him to give up because he needs the bridgerton and their money and they gets his ass whooped we tired of playing with your ass nigga today your ass is gonna die bitch say goodnight motherfucker another flashback shows an slightly older version of lord bassett coming to meet his father after a very long time of not seeing him and at first he is impressed to hear the very immaculately speaking boy but when he starts to stammer he quickly resumes his evil cruel behavior and tells lady danbury to keep her bitch mouth shut little tape around his body the fucking then he tells his son that you are my greatest failure like your damn mama and the best thing i can do is forget that either of you grace these damn walls and i can't believe that you are actually going to inherit all of my shit yeah that's 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 some cancer right there that man had a lot of psychological trauma somewhere in his early childhood that made him inept to ever raise a boy at all in life (laughs) a child any type of person that would be vulnerable or needing anything like parenting daphne is worried of her fading beauty and appeal while penelope and eloise can't conceive at the picnic how love makes babies and reveals that marina plans to elope lord bitchface really shows up and blackmails to get a bridgerton to marry him with the threat to ruin daphne and of course because anthony had already drawn up contracts and every fucking thing they have no choice unless anthony is to duel with him at dawn but she thinks that he will open his mouth ruin her and then the entire family will suffer so she will fall on her sword and marry the motherfucker then the queen meets with the matriarch of the bridgerton family and just like that they come up with an idea over tea about how to use gossip as a weapon i did laugh my ass off when she was like oh i want to talk but brimsley can't be in the room like when they was about to talk she was like brimsley snuff and then when he came back in the room she shut up and then she started a whole ass conversation (laughs) that wasn't the one they were having oh i was dying on that part the queen caroline bit is just a delight every time i see it 
she definitely exudes every bit of someone who's a queen and considering her husband is absolutely very useless at this point in history she has a very unique position but they plan to use gossip when the maid is able to find out some dirt on the household of bitches and they use the network of talk to spread the story along until it gets to lady whistledown who blows it all out over the ton and my dude has to roll out of town because he needed all of this money from the bridgetons to pay for the son he has with a maid and that's the scandal he was trying to hide anthony you suck i did all my homework i found out he was a great person clearly you did not do nearly as much homework as one, a female would do because she knows where to get the gossip the juice and all of the shit that you would not find out that you would only know in your club meeting them for 10 minutes over fucking bro stuff anyhow i love the fact that she put him in his place at the end the matriarch of the family saying you know you was pretty shitty at protecting your sister while i actually did protect your sister and you would not even have believed her and she had told you she did not want the match and you still were proving to go forward without respecting her word i'm a little disappointed and your ass needs to get married both men responded with physical violence and yet it was a non-violent method that got the job done so go find a wife marina is practically prisoner and told that she deserves exactly how she is being treated the duke and daphne are catching unexpected feelings when they start dancing at a, another ball and we find out why the duke does not want to marry when he went to see his father on his deathbed his father had the what is it blackdacity to say i'm so proud of the man that you became and he vows in his ear that he is never going to marry so he is never going to carry on the line and that it's going to die with him and that's pretty much going to be the thing that is between these two getting married i am okay with the romance aspect but i enjoy watching the actor lord bassett a lot more than the romance aspect if i'm being honest <laughs> and that is how i felt about the episode let's jump into that feedback What up, Stina? It's Mimi. I'm sending in feedback for Bridgington uh, Season 1, Episode 2. Um, I really like this uh, series, and I, Darren was watching it with me. And I stopped uh, after the episode that we saw, too. Um, I went to go make a plate to eat and then came back and started watching something else because two of my other shows like came back today. And he was like, wait, what's this? I was like, he was like, this is not the show we were watching. I was like, no. Um, 
I was like, I can't watch, I can't binge that because um, Christina's podcast on it. He was like, man, that sucks. I was like, you could watch it by yourself. And he looked at me, I guess he feel like he, he can't watch that show because he's a dude. But clearly it's good because he was pretty butthurt that I wasn't binging. It's pretty funny though. Um, anyway, um, I didn't write notes. Um, so I'm just going to go through the... Uh, main parts that I enjoyed I I knew from jump that you know uh, Hastings whole I guess we can call him Simon I've been calling him the Duke but um, Simon I knew that him I'm not getting married I'm never taking a wife I'm not having kids I knew that had some, it had something to do with his dad because you could just tell like his dad died he didn't look sad about it or anything like that um, so I, I knew his dad uh, must have not been a very nice guy or they didn't have a close relationship. Um, and then when this episode started and we saw that Simon's mom died, I thought maybe his dad was just closed off emotionally because, you know, you know, his wife died in childbirth. But it turned out to be way worse. Dude was an absolute evil piece of shit. I can't even fathom saying it, the stuff that he said to his son like not only did he talk about how worthless dude's mom was but then he said like so are you like and then like when we had to like see him on his deathbed it's like am I supposed to care about you right now because you literally just talked called your son who was probably um I don't know maybe like 10 and he got his he was able, he got his stutter under control it, it wasn't as bad i mean stutters like i know i i know of a couple of kids that i used to care for when i worked at a daycare center who had a stutter when i first met them that was i mean it wasn't terrible but even after 2 years of uh, seeing them go through speech therapy um you know they got a handle on it but I know when they got really emotional or they were think like trying to think too fast it came back so um I know like it's like a lifelong thing that they have to work on and I know eventually it'll go away or it can go away but even like I said even with emotions when they're upset or something like that when they get older it might come back so I thought it was really he like he he got a handle on it and you could tell he was smart because when he was well how old was he four and he hadn't spoken yet um and his teacher was or whoever I'm, i don't know if that was like the house keeper the maid or whatever it is the care child care lady um was like you know he he knows a lot of words he spells really well he knows his letters and all that stuff you could tell he was a pretty smart kid just from seeing him writing his letters. But then when his uh, dad was like saying how and how he was an idiot and like right in front of the little boy, like the fact that he started crying, like I knew that boy wasn't stupid because I've seen some dumb kids. Like I know it's not nice to call a kid dumb, but that's really the only explanation I can use or the only word I can use. The boy was pretty stupid, but stupid kids are always happy because they don't know no better <laughs> they're not smart enough to be worried about stuff 
so they're always happy and the fact that he was crying because he knew his dad just called him an idiot he knew what that meant and he was four like how do you talk to a four-year-old like that like I I was like they cannot be trying to make me want to be have any care about the fact that this man is dead like good good riddance he's terrible and then like on his deathbed he's like I'm so glad you're back it's like he must not remember the past and I really unfortunately feel like parents particularly shitty ones have this way of making things different in their mind and I don't know if you know just you know maybe just with time things get warped and you see things how you want to see it and you don't want to be as shitty of a person as you are so maybe you kind of change things around but it's clear that his dad was one of those parents that changed history in his mind so I knew from you know from seeing what we saw like okay now it makes sense and then for him to like say his like last words to his dad was like the the Hastings line's gonna die with me I knew it I was like see it all makes sense now I get it that's why he was so hell-bent on going to brothels and you know exploring and leaving and going town to town and not being at home I don't blame him his dad was a evil piece of shit um that's why like I I understand there's people in this world that you know if their parent was a terrible parent and the parents dying and you want to say something nice at their funeral even though they were a shitty parent like I commend people that do that but I also understand that just because you dying which everybody does <laughs> does not give you um, a free pass to erase the past if you didn't do anything to I guess I can't think of the right word I just like I guess make amends is I feel like there's a better word but I can't think of it right now if you haven't done anything while you were not dying to change your relationships of the people that you supposedly care about then why should I care that you're dying you were nothing but an evil asshole to me I just I just really like I guess the Simon story is what really got to me I also um loved how um oh my god what is her name Bridgerton the the daughter I don't know why I want to call her Daphne and I don't know if that's her right name but I love how the Bridgerton mom took matters in her own hand with that crazy man that her son was forcing upon her daughter and I'm glad that she was like look I understand society dictates that you're supposed to be the man at the house but you suck at it so you don't need, we don't need you no more you need to worry about getting yourself a wife I love how she handled it because I I just it bothers me that he couldn't see that man for what he was like you can look like he's really peculiar and strange and him being around your sister makes her uncomfortable if she's uncomfortable why can't you see that that's a problem like just his presence makes her uncomfortable and that should have been enough for you who wants to marry and have a, a family with a man you feel uncomfortable sitting next to on a couch oh god I really hope her brother gets better because so far I cannot stand him I really dislike his face and I don't even like seeing him on the screen um who else um 
now I'm curious to know what's going to happen with the pregnant girl because clearly it's getting out it's out her daughters know that that's that she's pregnant and it's ridiculous that the boys know how babies are made but nobody bothered to tell the girls and this is the shit that I just don't understand about the past those girls are gonna have to have a child with someone and they're gonna have to have a penis put in their vagina at some point if you want them to get impregnated so I think it's ridiculous so these girls are expected to go through their whole lives until they go and get married on their wedding night and find out exactly how they're supposed to have a child like what kind of nonsense is that now I get sex ed was something that they just didn't believe in but why tell the boys but not tell the girls like I feel like not telling anybody okay I get that but only the boys know like what the fuck this is ridiculous and this is one of the reasons why women's women were treated the way that that they are and how we are still treated the way we are and that's why when I think about it like you know black people just in general are treated like shit throughout the world and then to be a black woman like you're literally like the bottom of the barrel (laughs) and that and that like it I'm just my mind is just blown that this is history and it's stuff you just you can't even like it's not like it's stuff that they teach you huh I just I really feel like there's so much of this like the problem with America is is that we don't reflect on our history other countries you know when something's bad they reflect on it they teach it because otherwise you're gonna repeat the same problems that's why America has been going through the same shit since the beginning of its time because we don't learn from anything you know the way society was like like not giving women like no rights or not teaching them correctly like that's why this we're all ass backwards because we don't even acknowledge that this I remember when I was in I think in high school and we learned about like women's voting rights like it was like a little blurb in a book that was probably like two paragraphs long they don't tell us anything like oh I I hate that history isn't something that I'm interested in because I feel like there's a lot of shit that I really honestly need to know because if I don't teach my son he is not gonna learn it and that's just unfortunately the bottom line um I think that's all I have to say um I'm already over so I'm just gonna end it here um until next time love peace hair grease black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out that was queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode they called the um person that would take care of the child the nursemaid so that was the black woman's role and I was thinking about how he could not speak and I think he just some some kids are like that it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent like my daughter signed before she uh, spoke she did not speak right away and I'm not sure why it was not even a long time before it was unusual but it was past the point in which they felt it was not normal And so she began to sign language and then she began to speak and then now she never ever shuts up. So that does not, I don't, that was just, and back then they really wouldn't have known anything that was an imperfection was considered, you know, oh Lord, 
people were just really fucked up back then. <laughs> There's no, there is no debating that. And then Diego from the Umbrella Academy had a stutter too. So you're absolutely right about how certain emotions or when you're emotional, you can fall back into that pattern, which makes me think that at some point in this season, he's going to stutter and it's going to break every woman's heart. <laughs> um, what else did you say? Um, oh, they, you were talking about the women, how they're not taught about sex. Yeah, that's absolutely true. They learn 10, 15 minutes before their wedding night. And then they're just told to lay there, lay there. And then men don't pay any attention to their wives because their wives are not to be treated like their mistresses. They're to be restrained. They're not to show any passion. It's just horrible. And that's why white women have Stockholm Syndrome and do all the shit that they do in America today. That's the only thing that can explain their absolute crazy behavior. And yes, I am talking about this 2020 election. Because white women have done things that just are beyond comprehensible sense. <laughs> comprehensible sense. <laughs> I cannot speak because I am a little bit on the tipsy side. But that that's what happened as well when there was progressive change in Britain society where women were beginning to win the right to vote especially after that one woman died trying to pin a sign on a horse for women's rights and then she was trampled by the horse i remember that story and that was a big push move for women's rights and then there was also the abolishment of slavery while it was never legal on british soil it was then beginning to be illegal to be involved in the enterprise it was shunned upon and all of those people that were like well fuck that i'm making too much money they decided to move their lives from britain or the caribbeans where a lot of british laws still were in effect and went to america and that is why we are the dumpster of a lot of fucking problems <laughs> and the ones that maintain or re both retain power in the country were the ones in which have been marginalized and continue to be by the influx of the natural tide of history though it's still gonna take another maybe 40 to 50 years <laughs> and that's sad very sad but a every generation has one leap if not a bound and make amends is right that's the right word for it if you don't make amends for the terrible things that you've done then no i don't have to mourn you or show up at your funeral and say nice passive things about you when you were an absolute piece of shit that's just not my cup of tea um it's not how i roll either i'm not down with funerals to begin with <laughs> i've been to a few but man that was me being dragged there because i 
personally just want someone to take my ashes scatter them somewhere and don't show up at a freaking funeral home that that's just not how I want that to go down at all um and then what else did we want to touch upon and your feedback um yeah I I think you made a good point about how sometimes people who are really terrible shitty people they make up their own narrative about how events went down however I think there also was this twisted sense in his mind of we'll see you know I was cruel to you and now I have this pride and you overcame this huge stutter this incompetence this halfway stupidity and my cruelty is what made you the man you are and now you're you're worth being the duke and then the irony of it in his brain just doesn't he he doesn't connect the dots whatsoever and it's probably a, a behavior sadly enough that was was what his father did and his father before him and his father before them they they, the aristocracy was certainly about a certain masculine behavior and it was about living up to a great deal of responsibility and it did come with a great deal of of you know uh, esteem and that reputation was a great deal He put a lot on his child, but I don't think it's any more than any other Duke would put on their child, seeing as a lot of them weren't the best of people. (laughs) I think maybe in the Romanticism age, the Byron age is when romance kind of got thrown into it, and then, like I said, as more progressive change began is when men and britain decided that you know i could actually have sex and have emotions for my wife and that became like i think the victorian age is when it became more of an importance on family and what it meant to not be in the more georgian age to be the rake and to be irresponsible with your dick because all it did was cause disease and venereal disease was just a huge downside in Britain history (laughs) so they decided you know what this this ain't it let's try a little bit more focus on the home So that is Queen Mimi's thoughts. Last but certainly not least, let's hear what Queen Shy wants to chime in with. Well, hello, Christina. It's me, Shy. I'm here to join the party late as usual um, for the show Bridgerton. Is that how you say that? Anyway, I missed out on episode one because I didn't watch it till after the fact. And now I don't even know when you're doing a podcast for episode two, but I'm sure it's coming up. So I want to go ahead and get my feedback in um, for this show. I will say I listened to your episode one podcast and um, yeah, I was definitely 
into the Harlequin romance books, novels when I was um, a little bit older than I think you said you were what, 10? Um, yeah, I was like preteen, 12, 13, you know, preteen, teen, 12, 13. Um, my first books, however, were the Nancy Drew mysteries, the Hardy Boys mysteries. That that's that was my first um, introduction into series, you know, novel books and stuff like that. So I remember loving those. And then I graduated to the romance novels, and uh, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've read one. The historical romance novels. I'll still read a, you know, the more current kind of ones uh, from time to time. Um, whenever I do get a moment to read, <laughs> but I find myself reading more um, um, other type stuff. I don't, I don't, my, my mind went blank for a minute. But anyway, so as for this show, I mean, it was nice. It did bring back memories of. <laughs> those books that I used to read and you know all the <laughs> the goings on that happens the seasons and the balls the dukes um and the lords and all that stuff it just it's been so long since um you know I've thought about these those books again I don't even remember the last time I read one it has to have been like I don't even know. I, I again, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but it's not coming to me. But yeah, I mean, I I think I liked this second episode better than the first one. Um, I mean, the first one was good, but um, I don't know. It just didn't. It was just good. It wasn't more like, oh, I can't wait to the second episode. This one, I was really more into it, and so um, yeah. And I think it's because of the backstory. We got the backstory of the asshole Duke of Hastings um, part, you know, which understandably is why um, Simon or Hastings, as I'll call him, is the way he is and why he thinks what he thinks. So, yeah, this guy was a complete douche, man. I'm like, what is up with these aristocrats and their asshole ways? But, yeah, he was a complete ass to both the wife and um, the child, you know. And, and again, that's that was a big thing. That's why we talked about that from, um, not that we think authors like that. I'm just talking about as far as the, you know, why uh, Gwen doesn't have a child yet. Because that's like an important thing in that society um, is to produce an heir. Um, so to go so long without one is unheard of in that time. But anyway, um, so apparently she must have been having issues with um, getting pre either getting pregnant or maybe she was having miscarriages. Um, so finally, this one, Simon came to term and it was just so, ugh, it was just so... I just couldn't stand that scene when she go through all of that, you know, all that torture, all that, you know, pain and suffering, and they don't even let her see the baby first. Of course, I know, apparently, I guess that's, was that, I mean, you could say it, cause I, um, or not, Christine, you're the history buff, is I guess that's how it went back in the day, um, but yeah, they gave the child to the father first, 
Um, and so the poor, the poor lady died. The Duchess died on the on the bed without ever seeing her child. That was so messed up. Ugh, I did not like that at all. But anyway, and of course the Duke just takes the chick, the kid, and go out there. Hey, look at my son. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, sir, your wife. Um, nothing for her. No. Okay. Um, and of course we see how he felt about her later on, which was obviously apparent even in that scene. And so we see Simon growing up and the Duke continues to be an ass because now Simon has a stuttering issue and oh, he doesn't have the perfect son. So he <clears throat> pushes him off to the side and, you know, pretends like he doesn't exist. What does surprise me is that, you know, he didn't remarry and try to have other children like in his eyes, perfect children. Um, so I thought that was surprising because normally they do that. Not that the children would inherit anything unless Simon were to not exist. But yeah, it was just shady how he did Simon that whole, this whole show, I mean this whole episode. So yeah, then we have the, what's his name? Burbrook. Oh Lord, man, i tell you the truth. <laughs> that the mother um she was a trip uh yeah i it but then again uh, that's how people just swore their poopy didn't stink you know no matter how how they were how they looked how they they just you know money just seemed to think that well people seem to think that money which it did i guess i shouldn't say they think it, it actually did covered up a lot of the stench of personalities and how people were because if you had the right pedigree all the other stuff um was secondary you know you know being a decent human being uh that was uh not as important as title and prestige um i will say i don't know this plan that they had uh, it wasn't the most well thought out plan and i know they kind of came up with it you know impromptu at the last minute kind of thing but it wasn't the most well thought out plan because at the end of the day, you know, I'm just like, I don't remember who said it, you know, why would, I mean, you got the Duke other than a prince, you know, that's the, that's the next best thing is, you know, capturing a Duke. So why would anyone, why would she consider anyone else if she has a Duke pursuing her? So yeah, that, that logic didn't quite make sense because again you know that he would be the catch of the season just like she's supposed to be the catch of the season so you know if he has her if she has his attention why would she seek someone else's so it's just I mean I get where the logic and you know oh yeah she's you know he's interested so she must be something to behold and I want to I want to see what that's about I get that competitive spirit side of it but it just if from a female point of view it just wouldn't make sense um <clears throat> yeah I guess I don't know um but anyways but that's the plan they came up with and you know Burbrook almost ruined that with his um with the other thing that you know happened back in the day oh gosh you gotta 
be untainted. You can spread your, the guy can spread their seed all over the place, have bastard kids all over the place, but heaven forbid that you even be alone with a guy, you know, for the you know for the female. You know, it's ridiculous how how doubles the hypocr the hypocrisy, the double standard that went on. And, and to a certain extent still goes on to this day not obviously to that level but yeah we still have that you know guys can you know go around with whoever they want and they're they're like you know getting high-fived and all that stuff and let a female do that and then she's a hoe so yeah there's still that double standard that goes on but yeah I will say the one thing about this show that kind of irritates me is that why is all the black characters um, have something wrong with them? Like the, you know, the queen, she's doing drugs. They got the queen doing drugs, the black queen doing drugs, sniffing cocaine, whatever, snuff. So she's out there doing drugs. Then we got Marina, who's pregnant with a bastard kid. <laughs> the other, the black you know daughter of the that lord I forget his name Featherton whatever and then uh, it's like <laughs> you have the duke being a complete ass um, the black duke of Hastings being a complete ass it's like really okay anyways so um overall I mean like I said I enjoyed this one better than the first episode um I like the backstory that we got for um, Simon. I like the. I really, really love Lady Danbury. Um, I, I vaguely remember her from the books, reading, you know, her from the books. So I really, really um, enjoy her character and her relationship with Hastings. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm okay with Daphne. I'm not like, ooh, you know, obviously Simon is um, very pleasant to look at, so I don't mind him at all, um, especially without the shirt. Um, but I'm just, eh, you know, I mean, she's okay. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, she's just, she's just there. She's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, I actually like Penelope, and I like Eloise. So those I really enjoy those characters. I like that she wants to, um, well, Eloise that is. I'm hoping I'm saying her name right. Um, wants to um, push against or rebel against society's norms and you know make her own path. I'm very curious as to what Benedict, her brother, was talking about in regards to him wanting to pave his own way because you would think as the middle son that he would have more leeway to do that than Ant than Anthony who you know is the who is the heir apparent so um yeah you would think the younger sons would have more wiggle room to be able to carve their own path in the world so I'm not quite sure what he's wanting to do that he's not being able to do so the only thing I could think of is, I don't know, maybe he's in love with a guy. Maybe he wants to be with some guy. And um, society will definitely frown upon that um, for sure. 
because again I just can't think of what else he can want to do that he wouldn't be able to um but yeah I think I'll leave it at that um and uh yeah so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy so that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode and the season thus far late to the party so i think in regards to the whole arrangement i think maybe um it wasn't clear what both parties were getting so basically when at the end of the first episode you had lord bitch face he was trying to get all up in her goodies because he thought he had to go ahead which he did from her brother to basically be like oh i'm gonna marry you so i'm gonna touch before i buy which is a big no-no and then you had the her handling the situation by punching him and then you had uh, lord bassett simon i thought his name was henry maybe it was simon henry i may have fucked that up but you had him stumbling onto the scene and he's being chased and harassed by lady danbury to marry society women and the more that he does not court someone the more women are being tossed at him and then she unfortunately is not getting any suitors at all because her brother is cock blocking everything and thus if she they, the arrangement is she's seen as desirable because the duke is paying attention to her and that will get other men to be attached to her or not will basically go over the fact that her brother is trying to put a chastity belt on who gets to court her and then he gets the mamas off of him because they think that he is seriously courting and then the brother and him are friends as well so it kind of works out for both sides so it's not that he's genuinely interested in her and she's genuinely interested in them they both actually didn't really like each other coming off and and they kind of decided that hey because we're not interested in each other in this way or manner um we should play this charade that will benefit both of us and then she can pretty much set up the kind of person she wants to talk to and court her and it mostly though it it ends bitch boys play for her hand in marriage um that's what their arrangement is i will say in regards to the black characters being treated wrong i mean this was the time period whether they're caucasian or black characters i don't think they're they're nitpicking the black characters they're just choosing the black characters to portray the more likely caucasian characters in the time period so it's simply us slipping into a role in which we probably not probably a great deal of us never really played it's not to say there weren't any but it wasn't until the victorian time that you had many blacks even get into that middle class part of society and that was mostly in liverpool and so 
I I don't see anything wrong with the way in which they are portraying all the black characters because I think that they're putting them in those higher roles than we would see them like the queen and they're putting them realistically and I think that's what this show is about showing the the margin of power that women had at this time but also how they utilize that power to become successful in the one thing in which they could be a success in and that was marriage and I know that Eloise is a character that one would naturally want to like. I personally never liked Eloise's character. I don't like it in this. She makes me chuckle sometimes, but that's also a comfortable place, right? Oh, I don't have to marry. But if you didn't marry and you didn't have anyone that was a rich family member, I mean, being the the spinster family member means that you were a dependent for the rest of your life. You had no agency. And that idea seems appeasing until you realize that maybe your family won't take care of you. And in a lot of situations in society, they wouldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't afford to. So while I appreciate her luxury, it's a naivety of her situation that she could have that type of thinking just my two cents on it i do like penelope a lot she seems like someone who just has a good soul a good spirit who seems to like life a lot and she's not angry about the fact that she doesn't look like the prima donna she's comfortable in who she is even if that means she's going to be the spinster and i will say that sugared freaking cake they were eating for some reason looks so fucking good even though <laughs> i'm like ew sugar cake but it looked crispy on the outside like it was perfectly brulee and i wanted to lay my mouth into it very much so and then what other comment did you make uh, about daphne i quite frankly would love to hear a lot of women's opinion because i i know how it is out there and i'm not literally i'm not putting this on you shy at all but i'm curious how many people don't fucking care for daphne or indifferent to this romance aspect because it is a very attractive black man and a white woman and sometimes when it's flipped a lot of people don't like that in particular especially when it's a really attractive black man oh well why does you know this non unremarkable woman with a flat chest and not an ass and curves and all the things a black woman would have why is why is that get to have something like that i wonder how many women instinctively or um passively feel that way or are not even in tune with it i am lukewarm on the romance aspect of it but i think i've made it clear that i've i've liked julia quinn's books but i'm not in love with her books the way in which um the way they explore romance like i like a little bit more spicier these are rather tepid in that department and it's always comes with a little bit of sugar coating and and a little bit of just overall fantasy in the time period and i like when there's just a touch of reality and there is and i won't say there isn't but i don't know how what other way to say other than it's watered down a little cookie cutter 
so the romance aspect doesn't boom out to me more than seeing the customs and um watching the hypocrisy play out and just connecting it to historical fact and you know it's fun to see the outfits and how it's a fascinating part of in time and society it's not to say i'm not fascinated to see it but the whole draw of romance in this time was always once i was much older much much older i haven't read a harlequin romance in in quite a long time (laughs) i used to devour them like like cakewalk well once my my senses started to assert itself you know after my virginity was taken (laughs) um it became in the same way in which you look at disney films and you're just like um really three days and i'm gonna marry you like the only thing we have in common is the fact that you're pretty and you're a prince and i I mean you start to see just how manufactured it is and it can take you a little out of being caught up in the romanticism now would it be different if it was a black woman and a white man or even a black man and another black woman it's possible and i think that that certain racial uh play in there is rather unfortunate because it shows a a you know i always say we're all prone to biases in some way whether we uh are fairly hip to them all we can do is grow for them so i do see the chemistry between the two between the two actresses i don't mind the romance aspect of it I don't dislike it in any sense i simply like it i don't think quite frankly unless it was a biracial match for me on the other way in which i was the woman and the man was tom hiddleston and i could just vicariously live through it (laughs) is where the romantic aspect of the fantasy i can delve into if that makes any type of sense and i'm sure that says something about me but it's also uh, a real truth so with that i will wrap up this podcast if you want to send feedback you can send that to blackocouch at gmail.com you can find this podcast on podbean stitcher itunes spotify wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and black magic